Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the RPG Academy. Uh, tonight is a very special show and tell Kickstarter episode. As always, I am your favorite co host, the Caleb G. Michael is out on vacation, so I have brought in two special guests to our virtual interview loft. Uh, gentlemen, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself tonight? Hi, I'm Tim Witham, uh, co-founder and uh, designer from Medieval Interactions Gaming. And I'm Dave Cryfield, uh, also a designer and co-owner of Medieval Interactions Gaming. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on tonight, guys. Uh, we are here to talk about Medieval Interactions Gaming and the brand new project that you guys have on Kickstarter right now. Yeah, so uh, the, the project that we have right now, it's called Masterminds Workshop, and basically it's a strategy slash screw your neighbor type of game. Um, <laughs> it's uh, where you play as an up-and-coming gnome uh, tinkerer vying for the position of the apprentice of the master tinkerer mastermind. So you basically will play as one of four uh, gnomes along with the other players, and then you're trying to sabotage them while getting ahead to win over the affection of the uh, Master Tinker. So it's a battle bots kind of uh, steampunky game. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we, we really enjoy it. And uh, it's been a project that's been about two years in the making. A lot of blood, sweat, and tears have gone into it. So we're pretty excited to see it out there. Um, it's got about two weeks left currently. Um, so we're just trying to get this last piece so that we can get the, uh, the haul finished so we can get into manufacturing. Cool, cool. Uh, I was looking through the information here on the Kickstarter. Of course, the link will be in the show notes for this episode. I very much encourage everyone to go over and check it out. This is a uh, pretty unique board game. This is one of those fun, big party board games where there's a lot going on. There's a lot of strategy. It feels like there's a, a little bit of goofy, fun element to the game. Uh Battlebot, steampunk, those are wonderful words to hear in a board game. Because who doesn't want to build giant robots to beat each other up with, right? Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's... We, uh... We're... Myself especially, I uh, I guess the, the best word would be silly, if nothing else. So we definitely like things like that. Um, one of the coolest compliments that I think we've gotten on the uh, the game is that it felt very much like a resource gatherer with tower defense built into it. And uh, I, you know, those are both things I love. So I was, I was really excited when people felt that also when they played. Along with that, um, to speak towards some of that silliness, Tim was one of our main writers on this. And um, we, we come from a background of role-playing as well. So I know you guys are huge into role-playing over there at the RPG Academy. Um, this game has a lot of that that's sort of layered into it as far as like backstory and lore and things like that that have been built into the game so that people who are natural role players will get even more out of this game than just a basic board game. You can sort of take on the persona and act really fun, you know, and just and have a little bit more fun with it than just playing a board game, which is really awesome. Cool, cool. Uh, we've always said here on the Academy that you can really role-play anything if you want to. Exactly. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> but knowing that you guys have that RPG background, knowing that you have those roots and that foundation in mind uh, as we approach Masterminds Workshop, that's just really cool. It it's a great nod to the hobby that this is all birthed out of. And 
I think it's showing that you guys as developers are already thinking ahead to incorporate any single person who wants to walk up to play this game, whether they are just, hey, I want to play a fun, goofy board game for the evening. Hey, I'm a, I'm a great role player. I love that aspect of it, but I want to do something that's not so focused and intense as a regular role-playing game. You kind of covered all the bases here, which, which I really appreciate. I, uh, I, I very much enjoy throwing down board games. I just had a bunch of family here over the weekend. We basically played board games for three days straight. So (laughs) this is the kind of thing that I really get a big kick out of. So um, why don't we talk a little bit about Medieval Interactions Gaming? How did you guys get started? Uh, What's your goal for the company? You know, just just tell the listeners who you guys are. Sure. So we are a board game company that started out of Dayton, Ohio. Uh, We are six friends who met at work, actually. Um, And one weekend I went home and... You know, I've always, we've always been into board games and we play and stuff at lunch and whatnot. And I was like, you know what, I, I want to try my hand at making a board game. So I threw some uh, cardboard together and cut out some paper cards. And I took, I took it. It was glorious. It was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I took it into work on, on that next Monday. And I was like, guys, I've got this idea. This is just something that I'd, I'd really like you guys to look at. And. I started talking to them, and as I was talking to them, like, they could see that it was really exciting, and, and they got just as passionate as I was. So so for me, it was like, you know, bringing a design to the table, and then little by little, we would just bring another person in, and we would suck another person in, and every time, you know, um, we got up to about, uh, we got up to six people, and, and it was like, it was birthed out of this just love for board games, and just a weird, you know, random weekend where... You know, I went home, was like, yeah, I, I just want to do this and went and then the guys just jumped on board. And ever since then, and that was a little over two years ago. And ever since then, we've been busting our butts to, to put good games together. It was pretty funny when when Dave said, I, I don't I don't know. I'm thinking about I have an idea for a board game. Literally, every one of us was like, yeah, me, too. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it was, it was kind of a, you know, just a, a good match made in heaven almost where we all just kind of said, yeah, let's do this thing. So, uh, I think to speak a little bit to where we want to go, not like, like I said, we all have ideas for games and we were kind of in various stages on probably about a dozen different games, um, and design and everything. Uh, but one of the great things is, is we've taken the games to different conventions and, and uh, met other designers. Uh, it's been really awesome to. I mean, it's one of the things that excites me the most. We've met some designers that haven't haven't uh, been able to kind of break through that shell to get into the industry, and and a lot of them honestly are kind of uh, to the point where they don't want to handle all the business. So one of the things we see the game, the company um, eventually striving for is to be able to work with other designers, other artists, and, and I'll give them a, a platform to launch some of their um, passion projects from. That is excellent. Uh, it is always cool to hear the grassroots uh, coming up from the ground floor stories. Uh, it is always cool to have another Ohio local uh, gaming company and hobby get onto the field here. We are not that far apart. Michael's down in Cincinnati. I'm up in the Akron area. Uh, you know, I think with a little bit of effort, we can just make Ohio the the gaming hotspot of the universe. 
And you know what's really funny about that is is we didn't really know how big the gaming community was in Ohio until we started really plugging away, going to local shops and talking to people. And, and everybody here wants a big community, but we're also dispersed that, you know, we're finally starting to pull little pieces together here and there. And to speak to Tim's point about, you know, wanting to be the platform for people to sort of bungee off of, um, what we'd really like to see and, and what I, you know, one of my dreams for this is to be a little bit more altruistic with it, where I don't want to make a designer's passion game. I want to make a game that, that maybe they, they want to make, but, but then give them the opportunity to make their passion game off of the rebound of, of, and success of another game or an idea that they have. So, you know, for me, it's more, you know, we've had a really tough time sort of breaking into this industry, not knowing what you don't, you don't know what you don't know kind of a deal. Um, and we want to be able to sort of sort that out for people who want to make games, but maybe don't have the resources or don't have the knowledge that they need in order to do it. This will be sort of a, a, a way for those people to, to jump in and, you know, maybe not make their best game right away, or maybe not make their most passionate game with us, but then because they started with us, then they'll have the resources after that in order to make their passion game on their own. So, you know, it's a, it's a little bit of a pie-in-the-sky idea, but at the same time, you know, that's kind of the way we are. We, we're, we're dreamers, and we're going to keep dreaming. We're going to keep pushing forward. Well, I think that speaks to the overall atmosphere in the gaming hobby. For the most part, everyone that I've worked with on podcasts, on different websites... It's all about sharing the love and the passion for this industry. And whether it's people like Michael and I and the RPG Academy Network members where we just sit around talking into the internet, whether it's uh, like you guys who are sitting down making some physical products to get out there with the mindset of creating a platform to welcome in other people, it is just such a cool community to be part of. So I applaud you guys for having such a lofty dream. I think it is absolutely attainable, and it is something that I very much uh, am excited to watch grow and develop as you guys move forward. Thanks. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> We're excited too. But I think that you're absolutely right about the community. You know, the fact that you know every designer that we've met up to this point any feedback that they give you, you know that it's to make your game better or it's to make your company better. It's never sort of, they never give you feedback in order to, to set you back or drop you down. And I think that's the great thing about this community over most communities is that if we, one does well, we all do well. So all, you know, the rising waters, you know, raise all ships kind of a deal. So I think that that's really great about this community as well. I think that's one of the funniest parts is that you you almost have to you almost have to uh, really pull negative comments out of other designers, especially because <laughs> yeah. they're like they don't want to kill your baby, you know. And <laughs> so you have to kind of say it's okay, like be brutal, like we're fine with it. We want to make it better. Yeah, that that's definitely true. I I, I have found in my experience. Uh, working with new designers, talking with my friends who are designing their own role-playing games, let alone uh, board games or card games, I always have that instinct just to say how much I enjoyed it and how good right. a thing is. But I know in the back of my head, especially from when I was in college and I was an English major, it's very, very important in a workshop environment to share 
uh, critiques and criticisms, not in a negative way, but in a I want to help you kind of way. But sometimes I just like the idea so much I don't want <laughs> to do that. Right. That was the great thing. <laughs> we went to Proto Spiel in, uh, in Milwaukee uh, a couple of months back. It was two months ago. Yeah, two months ago. And, maybe three. Uh, maybe, something yeah, like that. Something like that. Yeah, my brain is mush after, <laughs> after all the work. But, um, but we went and, and we were having so much fun with this one group of players because they were huge RPG um, people. They were big role players and and it was to the point where we were all talking in known voices and being really goofy and having a great time that by the end, you know, we were like, so, you know, so any critiques? And they're like, no, this is awesome. Just get it out. I want to buy it. I want it in my hands. And it's like, okay, now we need to step back and, and please give me something. What What is it that maybe we can change? You know, so that's been really great. We've, we've really had a, an awesome time with this. And, and the community is definitely the, the most amazing community to be a part of. That is wonderful. I, I think we are very lucky to be in this hobby and turning it into this industry because of the other people that are out there. Overwhelmingly, people in this world are just wanting to cooperate and tell stories and have a great time. And that does carry over when we get to hang out and meet them and play games together and stuff. Uh, and your experiences at these cons absolutely proves that. So, so with Masterminds Workshop, you guys have been developing it for about two years. You said, right. uh, "It's." I'm sure it's gone through a whole bunch of design phases, right? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I mean, even if you uh, if you said you were looking at the Kickstarter page, there originally it was one giant board that everybody sat around, and uh, you know the the design even of the board was way different. I mean, it's gone through a lot of different changes. Uh, that gameplay, I, I can't even. I can't even list everything. <laughs> but if, if you go on our Facebook page, we have a post where we posted an image of each iteration of the game. And I think we were up to seven at one point, something like that. And you can see the, the very first cardboard copy and then how it's gotten to this point. And, you know, the first three or four iterations was just us playing by ourselves. But then you eventually have to put it out into the public and hope that they don't, you know, they don't tear it to pieces. And, and when they do, you end up getting a better product anyway, so it's fine. But, um, but those last few iterations, it's been very, very small tweaks, which is really good for us as far as our playtesting went, because it means that we were sort of on the right track. So um, the great thing about, you know, to what Tim was saying with the, you know, starting with one big board and doing this kind of stuff and doing that is that eventually the project sort of leads your hand and it will, it will become what it's supposed to be all, sort of on its own. It'll, it'll take on a life of its own. And that's been really great. And then having guys like, you know, Tim here and, and Zach and Jeff, our artists, they, they just elevate those designs. And it's, and it's absolutely, it's just been amazing to watch for me as a designer who has real, no artistic ability. It, <laughs> it's been, it's been really awesome to see, you know, I have this idea and I kind of see where I want it to go. And then I take it to them and they do something completely different with it. That is 10 times better that I never would have thought of on my own. And that's just been really, really cool. And I think Tim can talk to the sort of the artistic part of it. Cause that's been a, a big, a big building block uh, iterations as well. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, the art started out, we weren't quite sure what direction we wanted to head with it. Um, you know, we were thinking a lot of games nowadays and a lot that I love. I, I love really cartoony, silly art. And so we, we tried to really strive to find a balance between that and sort of that, like, 
Victorian sketchy feel that uh, you know you kind of see in that that era of the real world, um, sort of to to balance the whimsical with the steampunk feel of the of the product. So yeah, we we definitely have, and uh, it's just it's been great working with Jeff and uh, Zach on that art, like you know coordinating everything. It's been it's been really awesome. So I gotta ask here. You said uh, you said the company's about two years old. You said you were working on Masterminds Workshop for about two years. So was this one of the first ideas you guys had? Uh, it was one of the first ideas that we brought to the table and finally said, yeah, we're going to move forward with this project. We have three other projects that are pretty close to completion um, right now. Um, but we, we just sort of wanted to dip our toe in and see you know, what our community looked like and sort of see how... Um, how much of a splash we could make with with one of our bigger games, um, and but you know we're as soon as this and this Kickstarter is over, we're immediately going to work on on the next project. Which um, actually, if you want to talk about that, Tim, because this is one of Tim's designs. Um, yeah, I can't briefly. Yeah, if you want to talk about that briefly, go ahead, man. Okay, so the the next game is a, a much lighter game that we're kind of looking at. Uh, it's called uh, Boardroom. B O R E D. And it's the uh, it's the game that you get paid to play because you play it at your office if you work in an office environment, and uh, it's it's a pretty simple game. The game consists of uh, you know throwing some dice before you go into a meeting, and based on what you roll, it tells you what the group is trying to accomplish during that meeting. Uh, as far as like. Do I have to try to work a certain phrase into the conversation? Do I have to uh, react a certain way when the person leading the meeting says something? And then you score points based on that, and it's a competitive game. Well, that just sounds wonderful. Jeez. (laughs) (laughs) And for people who work in an office, they know how boring and awful those meetings are. (laughs) And we've actually played it at the office, and it actually makes the meetings we get more out of the meetings because you're actually paying attention to what's being yeah. talked about because you're looking for your next point and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So it's actually taken our productivity up, which has been weird, <laughs> you know, but, but it's been a really, it, you know, those, those kinds of, you know, games are, are really cool. And, and we don't want to limit ourselves to a specific type of game for us. It's more about making good games that people want to play, no matter when you play them, as long as it's, you know, a quality project, then we're going to, we're going to attack it make the best that we can so yeah so you know that's another one of our games we have two or three others that are that are pretty close to completion we're in the final stages of prototyping with so yeah i mean that but yes masterminds to answer your question (laughs) to go back to your actual (laughs) question um yeah masterminds was one of the first ones that we brought to the table and sort of really worked on you know with with intensity Cool, cool. Well, it's good to hear that you've got that wide net you've thrown. You're working on a lot of different projects, but it's also really good to know that you came up with a kind of a core fundamental project. You said this is is our first big one, and you've just been dedicated to bringing it together. I like to see that. From what I'm seeing on the Kickstarter page and on your website, this is a really cool concept. You guys have some great artwork, some great rules put together. Uh, when you guys follow the show notes, 
and uh, click over to Kickstarter. You can watch a couple videos about how the game works. But why don't we talk a little bit about uh, the mechanics and the gameplay now, just to give our listeners a, a sense of what they're getting into. Absolutely. Sure, sure. So the, the gameplay starts out, uh, there's a little bit of setup. Everybody has their own individual board. And uh, they start. You start by picking a gnome. Each gnome has a again back to the kind of the fluff of it all. They, they have a backstory on the back of the card, um, and you pick a board that you'll see if you look at the Kickstarter page. There's a health bar at the top and a health bar at the bottom. One is the big kind of Frankenstein metal monstrosity that's coming at your workshop to do its best to destroy it. Uh, the other health bar is your workshop's health bar. And uh, the track to the right is sort of that um, treadmill that they're coming down. So uh, during setup, you pick a gnome, you get a starting schematic, which is a blueprint that you, you bring to the competition. And then uh, as you kind of get into gameplay, you also have a placard that has some wheels on it. And those are um, some gears. Actually, I think that we designed them to look like little gears. They... Uh, those are your resources that you'll gather each round that allow you to buy new schematics and also then take those schematics and build robots to defend yourself. Okay, well, I definitely see these uh, the elements you were talking about earlier, the tower defense, the resource gathering. I like the concept that I'm sitting here just trying to build and my robot and win, but there's also this other giant robot coming against me to try to attack me. Yeah, so to speak to that, basically the, the concept is Mastermind chooses his apprentice based on being able to finish one task. And that one task is destroy this Masterbot that I've built that's going to be attacking your workshop. If you can destroy that, then you're good enough to be my apprentice. So your job is to basically fend off Mastermind's Masterbot that's coming at you, but also keep the other players from sabotaging you to a point where you can't actually do that as well as sabotaging other players. So you're not only playing against your opponents, but you're also playing against the game itself. So it gives it another level, makes it a little bit of fun, to because you can pick your strategy. You can say, okay, I'm not going to focus on the opponents at all. I want to focus on my master bot. You know, so you can go for that, or you can say, I'm going to really enjoy myself and mess with the competition this game. Or, you know, you pick your strategy, you have a little bit of fun with it, and it's, it's all about the role play for me. So, you know, I come away from this game when we play with a story. You know, this is the story of what happened, and this is why it was awesome, and these are the things that I did. And it's it's not really so much about winning the game, it's just about the stories that we build while we play. So, and the game is built in order to, you know, to foster that and to, to make, you know, those kinds of players feel at home, as well as those players that are strictly strategic. You know, you can go with this with a completely strategic mind, and really go for that for that win. So it's set up so that no matter what kind of a game player you are, you have an opportunity to have a lot of fun with it. I think one of my favorite parts also is that not only are you playing this gnome that is is trying to become the apprentice, um, every every uh, turn is essentially played in two phases where everybody plays as this gnome, but they also you, everybody gets a hand playing as mastermind. So you actually control the bot that's coming at the workshop of the person to your left. So you get to try to attack them or defend to, to you know, hunker down to try to keep that bot's health up for as long as possible. You also can tinker pieces in and out. So 
you know, give it better weapons or, you know, faster legs so it's running at them quicker, things like that. I like that a lot uh, because you're basically presenting a setup where there is one large opponent that everyone is dealing with, but you're not requiring one player to be that person, essentially kind of the GM or the big bad of the game. And when we right. started, it kind of was that way. It went, we were, we leaned one way with that and, and we found that it became very boring for the person doing that. So, you know, when, when you, when you see a game mechanic like that, that starting to break it, you have to then rethink your, you know, your functionality and go back with a, with a clean slate and figure out exactly how to make it work. And this has actually been the best iteration. You know, it's, that's the reason that we're happy to put it out on the project, you know, on the market is because we're not going to put out a subpar project. We're going to, we're going to go and we're going to make it the best that it can be. And once it's the best, then we'll put it out. And that's been the best. That's been the most fun is like really finding those mechanics and, and tweaking them just to make them perfect. So what I like to that you, you don't at this point, you're not just messing with the other gnomes in the competition but you actually get to mess with other players as masterminds. So when they're like, oh, I'm going to have him attack you and it's going to be awesome, you can play cards like The Choice is Mine, where you say, oh, no, he's actually not attacking this time. He's gonna, You're going to switch out that, that crazy Gatling gun arm for just the standard one that looks like a bodybuilder, so you can only hit me when you get really close. Yeah. And things like that. And that's that's the great thing about the, the way that... that you know, we've, we've gone about the different things is every move has a counter move. So, you know, you could set up the best plan in the world, but if, if your opponents find the right card, they can completely stop, you know, that strategy. And then it makes you think on your feet and figure, okay, well, if I'm not going to do that, then I'm going to do this. So any downtime that you have during the game, which is not very much, but you know, when you're in between player phases, you're really looking at, okay, here's my plan A, here's my plan B, here's my plan M, and you know, and you're really looking through exactly how am I going to try to win this and, and grasp that, that final victory. That's cool. I like that a lot. Uh, one of the things I think we've always run into with uh, board games, role-playing games, card games, there's always that worry of that lull on other players' turns. If you don't necessarily have something to interact with, you might just put your cards down and wait for it to come back around for you. But with what you guys have been doing uh, with Masterminds Workshop, you're really encouraging everyone to stay engaged throughout the entire game. Absolutely, yeah. And then, and that's even, again, that, that came from community uh, comments and involvement. You know, we playtested and, and originally... Each player would take their turn as, as the gnome, and then their turn as mastermind, and then it would go to the next player. And, you know, we took it to some playtests, and they said there's a lot of downtime between the times I get to act. So that's when we switched up the strategy and said, okay, everybody acts as mastermind or the, the gnome, and then everybody does the other, you know. So um, it gives you, it cuts that wait time in half, you know, essentially, plus you're getting to to do two different things. You're getting to think more about your strategy instead of trying to plan everything for one big turn. And not only that, in order to stay engaged, we have cards that are interruptible actions that you can play when it's not your turn. So we've made it at every step. We've, we've really listened, listened to the community as a whole, as well as, you know, in our internal playtesting. you know, I, I had the guys sit around the table and play and I would just watch 
and I would wait for a person to pick up their phone because the minute they picked up their phone, that means that they were uninterested, you know? <laughs> so we would find where those places were and, and then we would put a fix in place for when it happened. And, you know, so, so that is exactly, you know, to speak to that point, that's exactly, you know, you see that as a designer, you see when people start to get bored and if people start to get bored, then your game's not doing its job. You're supposed to be entertained. So, you know, to keep people entertained and keep them engaged, we've built the the functionality in order to, you know, to foster that as well. Cool, cool. I, I like what you're saying here because you are acknowledging the reality of the world we live in while you're still <laughs> trying to provide something engaging and exciting for the players. Exactly. We, we all want to sit down and play a game, but we all have so much else to do in the real world. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's, that I, that's the reason that I sit around the table, you know, I, that I prefer board games and role-playing games, even, even now as I've got, maybe I'm just getting older, but <laughs> they, they definitely hold my interest much more than video games because it's not that, that quick dopamine dump into my brain. Instead, it's, it's actually connecting with my friends and family, you know, and, um, getting to build a narrative together. I absolutely agree. I have said many, many times on this show and others that what I care about when I am sitting down to play a game is the social connection, yeah, being absolutely. able to tell a story with my friends and family, to create a world, to enjoy a moment, to share an experience. Because who hasn't had a, a D&D story from 12 years ago that they still tell today? Or a Pathfinder, you know, that one campaign was so good because I'd had this epic moment and everything built toward it. And it was awesome. That's exactly what these games are for us. And that's exactly the reason that we got into this into the, in the beginning. You know, you know, you don't make a ton of money making board games. Nobody does. You know, that's not what this is about. It's about the love of the game and the, the love of, you know, creating another world. You know, our reality isn't all that fun. So we, you know, we surround ourselves with a reality that is more fun. And, you know, anytime that you can create another reality and create, you know, this new landscape for your mind to go to, it's, it's awesome. It's just a lot of fun to do. I like my reality. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is awesome to hear. I think it's very refreshing to hear that you guys as a brand new design company have already embraced this next level of thinking about the hobby and the industry. It shows a lot of forward thought, and I, I think it speaks to uh, your longevity. I, I think with that kind of mindset, you guys are ready to go and ready to become a name, especially in this Ohio gaming mecca that is going to develop yeah. at some point. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll yes. get there. Yes. <laughs> we just need to we, – we found actually Wisconsin has a pretty big gaming community, so – once we pull our strength here, we just need to invade that state and pull all of them in as well. Get them to drive the, you know, five, six hours instead of us driving the five, six hours up there. You know, anything's possible. I, I think let's, let's, uh, let's dream big. That's let's right. put that Absolutely. on our... We're invading Wisconsin. <laughs> well, you know what? You heard it here first, guys. I'm the RPG Academy. Uh, when, when the world uh, goes to war, it all started right <laughs> so why don't we talk a little bit about the Kickstarter? Um, you guys are facing a little bit of a, a goal here for the last two weeks. You have a, a, a good ways to go. However, 
I think you've got some pretty good pledge levels to keep everyone exciting. There's nothing too crazy. It's basically about getting the game into people's hands. Yeah, so, you know, again, going back to the you don't know what you don't know, um, we got a lot of really good feedback, some of which we didn't listen to, and we should have, you know, and that's just a learning experience for us. Uh, one of the major things that, that we kind of failed to do right out of the gate was to get um, some good reviewer videos up there. We are remedying that now. Um, we have a couple of reviewers that are that are looking at it right now. We're trying to get those up there before the end of the Kickstarter to hopefully generate you know a little bit more confidence in the project. Um, again, you don't know what you don't know. So we we just sort of didn't because I've never looked at a review on on a Kickstarter. Doesn't mean that not everybody does. So you know that's one of the major you know one of the major downfalls that that we've faced so far. Um, we are remedying that, so hopefully we'll, the, we'll, these last two weeks will be a little bit more, you know, propelling for us. But, yeah, we're facing a little bit of an uphill battle, but I don't think that it's nothing that's insurmountable. We have, you know, the backers that we do have, everybody that's backed, we've get, we've gotten really great comments about, I don't understand why this isn't doing so much better. It's <laughs> such a unique idea. And, you know, and, it, and it's just, you know, those little things that we didn't know or that we didn't quite pay attention to. So, you know we're human, we make mistakes, we'll, we'll bounce back from it. But, you know, so that's that's the one thing about the Kickstarter. Now, to talk to the pledge levels, if you want to. Yeah, sure. About. So, one of the things that we've really strived for is um, retailer inclusion. We've done, we that was one thing that we took the advice for, and I think <laughs> it, it helps us. Um, talking to retailers, a lot of retailers kind of view Kickstarter in a negative light because... Uh, right away, you get Kickstarter exclusive items, or you know they, uh, you get a deal on the game right up front, and and there's no reason for them to, to buy it for you know cover price or five dollars off cover price or whatever, and then stock it and maybe not be able to sell it, and then once it comes out, they have people that come in and say, oh well, you don't have the Kickstarter exclusive cards, or you don't have so, and we took that to heart <clears throat> again as part of the community, we really want to offer retailers something. So that's one of our kind of unique levels is that we have a retailer level where they get essentially the deal that they typically get when they order from a distributor. And that's, you know, 50% off cover price if they buy five games and free shipping to their store. So they'll have it in their hands before it hits the uh, market and they can sell a few months earlier than, you know, people who are waiting, other stores that are waiting to buy this. Um, the other levels we have, the one that was kind of crazy that, that really went quick was uh, the deluxe wooden box. And those are actually being handmade by a local guy here, which is why, unfortunately, we only have, have 10 of them to offer um, for that pledge level. Um, it's a local guy here in, uh, in around Dayton that uh, does custom handmade woodworking. So he's making the boxes for us and uh, the games are going to go in there. The other pledge level that I'm kind of... I'm kind of surprised hasn't taken off a little quicker is the, the chance to be in a game in the game and to be listed as a contributing designer. And that is, uh, I, I personally, like if I wasn't involved with the game, I would have been like all over that one <laughs> immediately. <laughs> the chance to, to kind of gnomify yourself and, you know, uh, get to be a gnome and help write the gnomes backstory and their special ability and, and things like that. And, and as you can see, one of those is gone. And that's actually, if you read the updates, that uh, that's actually money that my family has thrown in to uh, my father passed away a couple years ago. And it's to it's to memorialize him as a gnome in our game. 
So uh, <laughs> I, I'm pretty excited to, to write that backstory, you know, with the help of my family. So, uh, but yeah, we've got four of those left. Um, and then I think the other is just the standard game, just to, to get the game into your hands. It, uh, it again, it's at cover price, but it's free shipping, no tax. So you're actually saving a, a decent amount of money there. And the reason we did that was essentially because with it being our first game, we don't have a lot of capital to throw in. If we did, if we had enough capital to throw in, we wouldn't be on Kickstarter. Um, and so by selling it at cover price, that's helping us cover that, that initial run for those who might not be, uh, aware the, about the lowest quantity of games that you can order at one time from a manufacturer is 1500. So, you know, we have, that's, that's why maybe our first, it was a little lofty for our first goal to be going for, for 16,000, but you know, 16,000 doesn't even cover our cost. We, we essentially took what our cost is going to be stripped out, um, as much as humanly possible, we thought that we would be able to throw in at the project, you know, which is anywhere from six to 10,000 and then 16,000 is what we're left with. So that's, uh, that's why we, why we're going with those pledge levels essentially. And we've been sort of tossing around the idea and we've seen this on a lot of Kickstarters is the, the print and play level. I don't think that it lends itself to our game so much because there are so many moving pieces and, and so much that you have to do with it. It's the main reason that we haven't done it yet. Um, we have gotten a couple of comments of people who possibly would like that. Um, if you guys or if, you're, um, if your community um, would like to do that, come to our Facebook. Let us know. You know, we listen to our, our community. And, you know, if it's something that you guys really are excited for or you want to try, you know, we're, we're never opposed to, to trying something new. And in fact, we've actually, before, uh, before we got on here to record with you, actually, we were just sitting talking about that. I think that might be something that we're going to add in. We may have to adjust the, uh, the dials a little bit, you know, cause those are a little tough to hand make. So, uh, we may do some new artwork for that. So it, the print and play probably, uh, is something we're going to look at at a reduced cost. And then, uh, it'll just be a couple months for us to get some really good artwork out there for, uh, you know, counters and things like that. Well, it, it's cool to hear that you guys are recognizing that uh, a game project, and especially one that involves Kickstarter, is a living, evolving entity. <laughs> Very rarely is it just, here's the thing, and that's how it works. Yeah, you don't put it up and then leave it there. That is not this, <laughs> That has not been this situation at all. It is definitely something that we are completely engaged. Um, as a matter of fact, basically, as soon as a comment comes in, within the hour, you will get a response. Um, we are literally looking at this every minute of every day and really keeping up with everybody. You know, I try to... I try to engage with every backer, you know, every person that's pledged has gotten a personal message from me. You know, it's, it's one of those things that you, you can't just put it up there and expect it to do what it does. It's a lot of work during, you know, and, and again, like we were just saying, um, we work, you know, we have full-time jobs. This is, this is the hobby that we want to make our job, but you know, you know, we still have to, we have our other, you know, our families, we have our children, we have, you know, our lives as well. So, you know, we do the best that we can and, and hopefully it'll pay off. You know, people see passion and see people follow passion. So, you know, we're passionate. We love it. You know, we're excited about it. And eventually, no matter what, even if, you know, it doesn't fund this time, we will fund it. It's not, it's not, it's going to happen. So, 
So it's not a project that's going away. You will get masterminds eventually, no matter what. <laughs> yeah, those gnomes, they don't give up, that's right? right. <laughs> they do not. They're resourceful. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Well, this is a very unique board game. Uh, the The board game world has been evolving a lot recently. Uh, we had a, a high point of its resurgence recently. I, I think we're seeing a little bit of a, not tapering off, but a, a wider search for things that are more unique and exciting. And uh, Masterminds Workshop definitely falls into that category. I haven't played any other game that is resource development, tower defense, gnomish steampunk battle box. <laughs> That's exactly what we're going for. We're going for those <laughs> those out-of-the-way out ideas, those ideas that, you know, everybody has that game in their mind that they want to play, or that vi even video games. Everybody knows, you know, they see these video game companies coming out with the same thing, the same thing, the same thing, and... And everybody's brain is just like, okay, we can't do the same thing anymore. You know, you, there's only so many Assassin's Creed games that you can play. So for us, you know, there's only so many move your piece forward for spaces types of games that you can play before your brain goes numb. We wanted something that was an experience. It's not just a game. It's something that you go in and you experience. You know, it's, it, you have to spend a little bit more time with it than some, some board games or some party games because it does have about a 45-minute play time. And then if you're good role players, it lasts longer because, you know, you're building stories. So, you know, you spend a little bit more time with it, but it is much more of an experience. It's a lot richer. It's a lot, you know, there's there's a lot going on with it. It's not just a simple board game. And that's the great thing about uh, the board game industry right now is there are so many games coming out that are not simple board games. And that's I think that's engaging for us as players as well. Absolutely. And as, as far as being designers, too, there's there's few things that are more satisfying than sitting down at the table with your with a prototype of your game. And and it, people do comment on how unique it is. But then after they play it, say, how is this not a thing yet? <laughs> like this should be on the market already. <laughs> and so that's that's been some some great experience that just makes you smile. Yep, and especially, you know, I was lucky enough, like I said, I have no artistic ability whatsoever. I was lucky enough to find three superb artists working in the exact same building and, and, some, and some of them in the exact same department as me who, you know, were just as passionate about gaming, you know. So, so to see, you know, this come to life and to see, you know, something a little bit, and it is, it is very, you know, different than most board games. You have a lot of board games that are, super stylized in their artwork and stuff but when you look at our game it you can see the pen strokes you can see how it's been sketched you can see the the underlying build of of what the the art is and i think that that myself is really really cool to see in a board game i i mean i like that when i play a game it's all aesthetics for me i like to see a beautiful board game out there because it helps your mind fantasize you know the that that new reality so, you know, that's been really cool as well. You know, even our prototypes are really beautiful, and that makes me very happy. <laughs> what do you think might happen next with Masterminds Workshop? Uh, it's going to be a game whenever that happens. I, I think it's going to happen with this Kickstarter project. Uh, but what, what's next? Do you think there might be a another iteration of the game, maybe some expansions. What's, what's on the dream board in the workshop down there? <laughs> it's, it's funny that you ask that. Cause that, that's one of the first things I came to Dave with. I said, how do you feel 
about an expansion or a sequel. <laughs> and um, and so there, there's actually two two different uh, things we're looking at. One is uh, a flying bot uh, option. We haven't landed on a name exactly yet, but it's a it's like a mini expansion. It would add five new bots that you'd be able to build, uh, each with unique abilities. It would have new master bot pieces that you know, focus more on aerial combat, things like that for the for the big master bots. And then probably some new gnomes too that specialize more in the in the uh, aerial combat realm. So uh, that that's the first mini expansion. The second thing we're looking at is again this this all came from a role playing world that was built by uh, by some of the guys in our group long ago. And so we're looking at a sort of sequel but also um, a mix-and-match expansion, if you will. And it would be very similar. Individual boards for the players, but um, you could mix and match them to be a battle. And that would be essentially... That's one of the uh, one of the social stretch goals, actually, on our Kickstarter, is for backers to be able to help us pick that and uh, uh, to pick what that would be. So we've got it sort of narrowed down to three, I think. So one would be a, uh, a Dark Elf... Um, necromancy type game. So it would be, uh, I think Caden is the leader of the Dark Elves in that world, so it would be Caden's Crypt most likely, if it's that one. And it would be similar. You would be essentially raising undead to fight big, truly Frankenstein creatures that are giant flesh golems. Uh, The other two options, and we haven't landed on names for these yet, but one would be um, a group of human elemental uh, uh, elementalists or summoners, you know, that are summoning different elemental creatures to fight big hybrid summoned elementals, you know, that are like air and earth or air and water and fire and things like that. So they're big tornadoes of destruction. Um, and then the third, which I, I'm a little biased, this is my personal favorite, would be uh, goblins that are actually like aberration wranglers. So they've got these weird... Um, that they've used some sort of like dark alchemy to create these weird hybrid creatures. Like, for instance, the first idea that popped into my head when I started thinking of that one was was the boar frog. So you know, it's a frog with some horns and uh, or tusks, and uh, and it's hopping around maybe with hooves though, so it doesn't quite move very well. But things like that. Um, I just like the idea. Again, I think I like that one because it's very whimsical in a weird kind of twisted way. <laughs> So those are the two things that we're kind of looking at right now as far as uh, down the road a little bit. So yes, to answer your question, expansions and sequels. So, um, But all of the sequels will also, to, and he did say this, will be interplayable with Masterminds. So we're looking at ways in order to do um, gnomes versus goblins or gnomes versus dark elves or humans versus dark elves and stuff like that as well. So um, yeah, so this... Not only is this one growing, but we also have, you know, 10 other games that, you know, that we will be doing next as well. So uh, I think we've decided as a company where we're sort of bouncing from designer to designer to make sure that everybody gets a chance to get one of their games out. So, (laughs) you know, so I got lucky enough to be the first one that got one of my games out. But, you know, I I definitely don't want to hog the the attention or the the artwork or anything like that. Not me. Not me. I'm very selfish. I'm trying to get all of mine cranked out as quickly as possible so that we can just continuously feed my games out to the market. 
So, so maybe that uh, that boardroom game, its next iteration is going to have a, a little bit of combat element. We're going to see what really happens at your guys' meetings, right? That's right. <laughs> right, yes. Yeah. Spitwad shooters. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, this sounds just delightful. <laughs> I, I love the concept you guys have now. I love hearing that you have a grander vision to not only expand the game, but uh, expand based on the mechanics that you've developed here and just bring in some more flavor and more fun. Uh, since a lot of what you've designed has that solid role-playing foundation, I'm really excited to see the possibilities of mashing up the different workshop concepts and seeing what kind of story can be told when all of these different worlds come together. Oh, yes. that's We are, too. <laughs> we definitely yeah. are, too. <laughs> cool. Well, Tim and Dave, thank you so much for spending the evening with me here. Uh, before I let you guys go, do either of you have any uh, last parting words for our listeners today about the company, about the Kickstarter, about anything? Uh, we would be absolutely honored if you guys would help us bring this to you know to fruition. I mean, like I said, it's been two years. It's been really hard work. We've been putting in all the time to make sure that you guys get a game in your hands that is the best that it can be. You know, so so I promise that you won't be disappointed. We have had just huge, huge um, thanks from everybody that we've brought it to. So you know. That makes me feel really good as a designer, but we really would love to have your your guys' backing. And and like I said, we didn't we didn't realize that reviewers were such a big deal. We're getting them out there. I promise you will see them um, so that you have a little bit more eyes on it in a third-person perspective because obviously we're biased. <laughs> it is our project, and we do love it. Um, but we do want you guys to know that we do listen, and we do see what you want. Um, and no matter what, if you guys if you guys think it, we, we will definitely do it for you. So um, other than that, you know, um, do you have anything to Yeah, I was just going to say uh, in the coming weeks, um, we like uh, Caleb mentioned earlier, we got about two weeks left on the Kickstarter. Uh, but the, the Kickstarter ends the Tuesday after Origins. Uh, we will be at Origins. At least I will be. I think Dave is going to try to make yeah, it out I'm as well. Make it as well. Um, we will have copies of the game there, so we will be in the open gaming area, just play testing, and you know, after hours in bars and pubs and restaurants that are open all night, we can do that as well. Um, also, I'm going to be in uh, about a actually up near closer to your neck of the woods, Caleb. I'm going to be up at the uh, Malted Meeple in Hudson, Ohio. Um, a week from no not a week from this coming Sunday um, from 4 to 8 they do uh, Professor Meeple's um, uh, event there so I'm going to be up there with Masterminds to play it with some people and let them experience it as well so that's going to be a good opportunity to come out and see the game if you're in that area or if you plan on being at Origins like I said we'll have it there stop by and see us yeah the Proto Build Bar their next game day is on the 25th in Dayton, Ohio. Which, unfortunately, is right after the Kickstarter ends. Right. But, but we will be still, there. Yep, so we'll have the game You can still come and, and check out the game. And then also, anybody who is local, if you're local, like within a, a three or four hour drive, if you guys have an event that you guys want us to bring the game to, we are always open to doing that stuff. You know, the more people that we meet and the more, you know, the more community that we can get together and, and sort of celebrate gaming we we try to get there as often as possible and we love you all but <laughs> public places are 
preferable. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would rather not come to your apartment. <laughs> cool, cool. So a lot of opportunities in the next uh, few weeks and months here to meet up with you guys and get hands on this game. Uh, obviously, in the show notes are going to be the links to the website, to the Kickstarter, to your Facebook. What is the best possible way to get in touch with you guys for this communication? Is Facebook your go-to, or do you... Quite literally anything social media. We are we are completely active. We're always looking. So if you want to post something on the Kickstarter page, we'll answer you. If you want to post on Facebook, on Twitter, we'll answer you. If you want to email us directly through the website, we'll answer you. So there is no one way... Um, I would say that we're all definitely watching Facebook. If, if you guys are on there, most everybody is. We, we would be happy to answer your questions there. Um, and I think that'd probably be the easiest for you guys. Um, so that would probably be the best way to go about it. Perfect. And to speak to that, to the social media, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't mean to take over no, your, go ahead. your spot here. Um, the social media goals for the Kickstarter. Uh, if we can get up to 500 combined likes, face uh, shares, or uh, Twitter followers, and I will be... Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, and likes on our BGG. Oh, yeah, for board, yeah, the board game workshop. Uh, board game, uh, BoardGameGeek.com. You can go and you can just like. the. We have four photos from the game up there. You can like each of those, so you can really kind of game the system and get four likes on one <laughs> one trip to a website. So if you guys do that and you get, we can get 500 combined, um, I have taken it upon myself to tell everybody that I will jump out of an airplane for this project. And I will do that. So if you guys can get us 500 out there, get us some likes and, and follows and stuff, uh, I will be videotaping it for proof uh, with my GoPro, and I hopefully the camera will stay on me when I pass out when I jump out of an airplane for you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and if all doesn't go according to plan, I'll scrape the GoPro off the ground and we'll see if we can salvage it. <laughs> <laughs> that is outstanding. I love it. So uh, click on the links in the show notes. Go to all of those pages and sites like the bejesus out of this. Let's make some dummy accounts. Let's crank it up. <laughs> now, now I don't want to get out of the airplane. I just want to make that perfectly clear. I don't really want to, but I will. It's research. It's research for the expansion. <laughs> now I'm assuming for every iteration of 500, you'll jump again, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll do that. Uh, uh, he says without thinking. Uh, all right, guys, you heard it here. After, after the war between the states start, we're we're gonna have a a sky right. a skydiving showdown. Yeah. Dave will lead the paramilitary troops. <laughs> oh, wow. This was a great conversation, guys. Thank you so much for coming on to the Academy. It was a pleasure speaking with you. I am very excited about seeing this game come into existence. Uh, again, check it out on the Kickstarter. As of the recording, there's 14 days left. By the time you are hearing this, there will be a little bit less. So swing over. Let's pitch together. Let's make this happen. For myself, for Michael, for everyone on the RPG Academy Network, thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast, the flagship program of the RPG Academy Network. If you enjoy what we do here, 
then please check out therpgacademy.com and visit our site partners for additional entertainment and gaming advice. We do this out of love for the hobby and for you, our fans. The podcast and site content will always be free for you to enjoy and utilize. But we do have expenses related to the show. If you'd like to help out in any way, please visit patreon.com slash Academy and check out the rewards we are providing for your monthly pledges. We use all funds that come in to improve the show and give you better content and quality. And if you don't have the coin to spend, don't worry. You can still help us out in many ways. You can subscribe to our show on iTunes and or Stitcher Radio. You can leave us a five-star review. Also, if you clear your cookies and you visit Amazon or the Drive-Thru RPG site through our portal, we get a small percentage of what you pay, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just like any RPG, our site works best with open lines of communication. We love talking with our listeners about everything. Please contact us with any questions, concerns, and comments that you have. We also love to hear feedback and experiences from your own games. You can email us via podcast at therpgacademy.com and reach us on social media, such as Facebook and Google Plus at The RPG Academy. But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co-host, The Caleb G, at The Caleb G. And you can find my favorite co-host, Michael, at The RPG Academy. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.